Hello, I'm your host, Braylon Williams, and welcome to another episode of Enneagram Restore Podcast. For my faithful listeners, thank you for listening once again. For new listeners, I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, well, it's hard to believe, but we've made it to the last type um, for season one. Uh, next week, I'll be doing a season one recap episode, um, but for today, I want to talk about all the basics of type 7, the levels of health for type 7, and a little bit briefly about 7s and relationships, okay? So, let's dive right in. So, let's start by looking at all the basics about type seven people or as i like to call them the adventure people i don't know what that was but um type sevens are extroverted type sevens are extroverted they're optimistic busy and spontaneous people some characteristics of a type seven is that they want to avoid pain. They are vulnerable to addiction. They are experts at putting a spin on things. They don't want to be tied down and they live for the next adventure. That's why I like to call them adventure people. Um, yeah. Okay, so let me just say this from the very outset of this episode. I know this week is a double feature week, and I'm releasing two episodes in one day. So I'm really going to try to uh, not go on so many tangents in this episode. Um, but here's a little, you know, PSA, a little bit of a shameless plug. If you have not listened to episode 13, go ahead and listen to it. It also released today. So just stop this episode where you are, click back to 13. Listen to that, then come back to this episode. Uh, it's going to be fit, and you'll really you know, like it if you do that. Maybe. I'm gonna... What do I know? I'm just a voice talking on, on a microphone about information. Um, but <laughs> you do you, honey, boo. Uh, but anyway, back to type sevens. Uh, as kids, type seven pick up on this windy message that you're on your own. No one's here to support or take care of you. And so sevens respond by saying, I'll do it if no one else will. So no one else is going to, you know, provide for me. I will. But how I provide for myself might just take me on a little fun adventure. I might just need some milk from Walmart, but... I'm going to drive this way and look at this scenery. And then I'm going to go to Walmart and I might, you know, walk around the store a few times before I actually get the milk and just check out and go back home. Um, but that, that's a little bit of a view into a type seven person. I know that because I have a seven wing. And so that's something I would do in a heartbeat. Um, matter of fact, it is something I have done multiple times just need like milk from Walmart decide you know what I'm gonna take a very very scenic route to Walmart instead 
I drive like an hour before I actually get to Walmart. And then when I get to Walmart, walk around for about another hour before I just pick up the milk and check out when that's all I need um, and then go home. So yeah, <laughs> I know a little bit, like I said, I know a little bit from experience because I have a seven wing. And so I kind of understand <laughs> what um, sevens go through and how they feel. Um, so yeah. Um, moving on. Um, let's talk about the deadly sin for type seven and how they deal with fear, with fear being, you know, that emotional response of the head center that they start, that starts to take over a person's response as they start to disconnect from their true self within the head center. All right. So let's start with the deadly sin. A seventh deadly sin is gluttony and not food gluttony. A seven isn't sitting at a buffet just devouring everything in sight because they can't. If you know someone who's a seven and they go to a buffet and they devour everything in sight because they can, it's not because of their in-ground. It's because of something else and there's a bigger problem and they need some help. Um, forgive me, Lord. Um, that, that came off a little bit harsher than I intended to. But <laughs> if you know someone who's a seven but and they're a food glutton, it's a different problem. So talk to them and seek help for them because gluttony is a big problem. Um, Jesus Christ, I just said gluttony is a big problem. Horrible word choice. Gluttony is a problem. <laughs> this is what happens when you get a raw recorded podcast episode with no editing. Um, don't you love it? <laughs> I'm in the room by myself. Maybe it's that cup of coffee I just had that's making me like this as I record these episodes. Um, but anyway, sevens aren't flu food gluttons. They are gluttons of life experiences. Whether that's going on a once-in-a-lifetime cruise or jumping off a cliff into a lake or driving a F1 car around a racetrack. If you don't know what an F1 car is, it's a Formula One car. It's um, one of the fastest, actually is the fastest race car known to man. Um, so, uh, or maybe something else completely. Um, if it's a life experience, a seven is going to be a glutton of it because sevens really want to experience all that life has without stopping. So, uh, to put this in perspective, uh, a seven might take a cruise. As soon as they get off at um, a destination of that cruise, they'll find a cliff, jump off into the lake. Um, uh, as soon as they get out the lake, they'll dry off, put on new clothes, and they'll, <laughs> they'll go find a racetrack that has a Formula One car that they can drive. They boom, 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 one life experience after another, Without stopping is here, 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 here. Let me experience everything life has without a moment of stopping. Um, they sevens are just very enthusiastic about life. Um, that's why I like to call them the um, adventure people. I don't know why I keep on doing that, uh, but that's why I like to call them the adventure people. 
um, Braylon can talk normal. Uh, people are listening to this episode, and um, they, they just they don't want to hear you go on a bunch of tangents and be special. Um, they just want to hear you deliver the content and get over it. Okay, but <laughs> back to Type 7s once again. Um, where was I? All right, so yeah, let's talk about fear now um, as that emotional response. So uh, when I say for the head center, fear is the overwhelming emotional response that happens, uh, that takes over their uh, a type within the head center's uh, kind of decision-making process uh, when they disconnect from their true self. What I'm just saying is one uh type within the head center is unhealthy fear feels the decisions fear is you know like that driving factor within their decision making process so for fives they cope with fear by isolating themselves and sixes cope with fear by looking for external sources of security but sevens cope with fear by keeping their mind occupied with all their exciting possibilities. That's why, you know, they're bam, 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 nonstop, here, here, here's this one thing, here's this thing, let's do this, now we're doing this, now we're doing this, now we're doing this. Um, and so I can tell you, when we when a seven gets in that mode, um, I know how bad it is for me just having a seven wing and for somebody to be an actual full-fledged seven type, it's gotta be bad. I know me, my who my friends probably hate me here at college because like <laughs> when I get in that seven wing, I'm like, let's go do this, let's go do this, let's go do this, let's go do this. And meanwhile they're all like, you know, let's just stay in tonight. Let's do no, let's do it. But you know, yeah. <laughs> when my seven wing comes out, it really comes out, and I'm like, all right, let's go here. Um, quick story. Um so this past year, uh, I was floor president for guys within my dorm, which meant for the third floor, the north, the third floor, the north uh, side of the dorm. Uh, I was in, tar- in charge of basically making events to put on for the guys to enjoy and for to uh, enhance the community, which this year I've upgraded from floor president to president of the entire dorm hall. So whoop whoop, um, making big money moves here. <laughs> um, but I was in, in charge of that for the past year and a half. And so I was doing location scouting for an event that we had this past spring semester on a Saturday uh, at a park. And I've been to this park multiple, many times, but I never actually walked the um, trail that the park has. And so, you know, I wasn't doing anything that Saturday. So I, I know my seven wing came out. I was like, you know what? Let's be adventurous. Let's see where this trail goes, how far it goes. Um, well, come to find out, it goes way further than I expected. I ended up walking like six miles that day, and I still did not walk all the trail. So, yeah, um, my Thighs, my butt was hurting because I didn't do any stretching because I wasn't intending to walk that long. Um, so my thighs and my butt were hurting for like four days straight. 
uh, I could not move. So, yeah, I was tight in my legs for a couple of days. So, little word of advice. If you decide to go on an adventure, walking down a trail, stretch. Because you're not, you will probably don't know how long it will take. For me, I ended up walking six miles. Uh, and like I said, I wasn't even through walking the entire trail. Uh, so, it was more than six miles completely in the trail. And so, but yeah, sevens are always boom, boom, bam. Here's this, here's that. Let's move on to this experience. Let's do this experience. Let's go to this experience. Uh, so, that's how they cope with fear. They keep their mind occupied um, with all these exciting, exhilarating possibilities, all these options that they have to do to experience life. So I want to move on to talking about the levels of health of a type 7. But before I do talk about the health of a type 7, I want to briefly touch on the stress and security for type seven. So when sevens begin to disintegrate, when they experience stress, when they um, become start to become unhealthy, they, they become perfectionists and they become critical like an unhealthy one. Um, during this, when seven moves in the direction of disintegration, they start to blame other people for their problems and they lapse into this black and white thinking um which is not good but i love that word but it's always like here's this but there's better uh, on the flip side of that when a seven starts to experience growth and uh, they become focused and fascinated with life like a healthy five would um when they're moving in this direction of growth, sevens are more comfortable with silence and solitude. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much all the basics of type sevens. Um, so yeah, we'll move on to talking about levels of health for now. Um, so let's talk about the levels of health for type seven. And I'm going to try to move to this briefly because this episode is already longer than I intended to be because I went on tangents and all that. But anyway, before we talk about their levels, I want to remind you that there are nine levels of health for each type. And these nine levels of health are divided into triads. You have healthy, average, and unhealthy. So levels one, two, three are healthy. Four, five, six are average levels of health. And then seven, eight, and nine are the unhealthy levels of health. And so and that goes for each type of the Enneagram. Uh, so, and I also want to remind you that anytime that I have discussed levels of health within this first season, and anytime I will discuss it in the future, when I refer to levels of health, I, I'm, I'm referring to the top tier levels of health. So um, always levels one, four, and seven uh, so but they go much deeper than that but when i talk about them here on this podcast in the past and in the future I, i'm really focusing on levels one four and seven the top tier of each um um level each tri- each triad of health i think yeah you understand what i'm saying yeah i hope you understand a little bit confusing there but yeah 
So let's get back to the health of type sevens. So at their best, at, at their best level of health, sevens are deeply grateful and appreciative for what they have. Um, they are just awed by the simple wonders of life. Um, healthy sevens know and understand that less is more. Um, healthy sevens also have embraced a full range of emotions and they are growing in their ability to accept life as it is rather than as they want it, as they desire it to be. And when type sevens are in a healthy space, they are not only fun and adventurous, but they are also spiritually grounded. They're practical and they're resilient. Average sevens, though, they start to reframe almost everything that is sad or that could be perceived as failure. And they, they reframe it and start changing it so that even the most negative narrative cast a positive light that it seems like something that's really reassuring and affirming example of this could be you know they weren't paying attention in while they were driving um, and caused a five car pileup on the highway um, an average seven could would do everything to reframe that to make it look like you know, this is something good, actually, even though it's a bad situation. Um, so, uh, in a view of a Christian who kind of, that could be as a type, average type seven who's trying to reframe, that could be, oh, okay, it was my fault, but because this work happened, uh, nobody was hurt, but at the same time, because it happened, I was able to preach, not preach the gospel, I was able to minister to people and you know, I prayed with somebody and they got saved, you know, horrible accident, reframing it to a positive event. That, that's just a example, vague, faint example of it, though, um, of how type seven might reframe um, something. It, an average type seven might reframe something to make it seem affirming, positive. Um, but, uh at this level of health, at average level, um, a seven's happiness is found in anticipation and their sadness is found in the reality that their expectations are fairly seldom realized. Uh, it's also at this level of health that a, a seven's restlessness begins to increase, which causes them to want to have more options available to them so at average level this is where a seven is like all right here's all the life experiences i have already but i want this i want that i want that i want to add this to my plate i want to add this to my plate when they begin at average level when they begin to experience and start become restless that's where they grab at everything on the buffet and put it on their plate in terms of life experiences uh, average sevens also find commitment uh, a challenge and they just have trouble finishing projects again because they're 
grabbing all these life experiences like all right let's put this here on my plate here on this plate and if you've ever been to a buffet and if you're like me you kind of try to fit all the foods you can on one plate so you don't have to keep on getting up but in the end you're really just kind of making yourself look fat because you're stuffing one plate with all the stuff when you do that you, you try to pick up one thing but like as you eat you try to pick up one thing but like everything else is falling off the plate because you got so much on the plate that's kind of how it is for uh, an average seven. They got so much that it's hard for them to finish, you know, everything on the plate. But lastly, um, at the at the worst, uh, a seven type sevens are desperate to quell their anxieties. They they. Unhealthy sevens can be very impulsive and infantile, and at, at this, they don't know when to stop being impulsive and, and infantile because they're unhealthy. Unhealthy sevens are also also see themselves and and their environment as inadequate. Um, they avoid pain at all costs, which leads to them being irresponsible and seeking instant gratification. Unhealthy sevens are reckless and more prone to addictions than any other type, whether that's an alcohol addiction or pornography addiction or, you know, or a shopping um, addict, well, uh, addiction. (laughs) They're prone to it. I want to say thank you to everyone who has listened to Enneagram Restored Podcast. It is hard to believe that the recap episode next week is the end of season one. This first season has been a fantastic one. But now that we've covered all the basics of the types, it's time to call it an end. Um, But season two is going to be even better. Again, I thank you guys for listening to any grammar start podcast and thank you for a fantastic first season so the last thing i want to talk about in this episode is type sevens in relationships but i just want to touch on this very briefly because i am going to do an entire series about relationships in season two about every type. So we'll be going through all the non-types again, but only looking at them in relationships. So having a relationship with a type seven person means that there is never a dull moment. Uh, There's a lot of spontaneity um, to a relationship. And if you are in a relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship, romantic relationship or a platonic relationship, you have probably experienced a lot of this spontaneity already in your relationship with this type seven person because the truth is if you're not ready to go somewhere within a moment's notice you know 
a ten seconds to say at the least. Uh, your relationship with a, a type seven person may not last very long because type sevens are spontaneous, uh, spontaneous people, and they're all right. Let's do this. Let's do this. Go, go, go. Even though you know, I got this, I want to be spontaneous. I want to go do this instead. Uh, so having a relationship with type seven really just has excitement to your life. It it, it brings out, um, I would say, some ha- some happiness because you're not living this dull moment. Um, because sevens are always like, all right, let's do this. Let's experience this. Let's go here. Let's do this. Let's just have some fun. Let's party all night long. That's the thinking of a type seven person. Um, but the thing is about sevens, they despise confining relationships. They don't want to be in a relationship that puts them in a box because Sevens are type A commitment phobics. They don't like type seven people do not like commitment, period. Um, They don't want to be tied down. They don't want to be put in a box again because they're always grabbing at life experiences. So they want to be able to move freely to from one one experience to the next experience. When it comes to ending a relationship with a type 7 person, though, um, it can be very difficult for that type 7. But even though it could be difficult, a type 7 person and their friends can can walk away from a relationship together with hardly any difficult feelings towards each other. they can walk away without be, really saying anything negative about each other. Uh, because sevens repress emotions. And it, it often, that, that repression of emotion also, often makes them seem um, callous or have a lack of empathy. But it, it's just, again, this idea, don't want to be tied down. So... If I repress my emotions, that helps without that helps with me, you know, not being put in a box because here um, I'm not ex- I'm not you know tied to this emotion. It's not saying all right. Here's like this is not how I should experience life. This view of sadness or this this view of happiness or this this view of um, depression because. I'm not tied to my emotions. I can just do, I can feel this happiness here. I can feel this happiness here. Like, there's no sad emotions really for um, a type 7 person. Now, that doesn't mean that they um, can't feel um, sad emotions. In fact, 7s are kind of, are really counterintuitively attracted to people who have suffered because these people possess an emotional death that um, sevens yearn for, um, but they really just don't know how to develop. Because for uh, type seven, 
they can enter dark emotional spaces, but they don't stay there for long. Um, it's only for a limited time that a type seven will stay within a dark emotional um, space. And so th that's why they kind of yearn for people who can do that because they, they feel there's a deeper understanding by staying longer in that moment, uh, which is true. And that thinking that you do learn more about experiencing dark emotions for a longer period and kind of thinking about them. Um, but for a type seven person, they just don't, sit in these dark emotional spaces long enough to get any quote unquote life lessons from them. For type seven people entering these dark emotional spaces are always something that they do on their own terms and they control every variable of doing so, you know, but that, so that, that could translate to being, all right, for a type seven person um, who wants to enter a dark emotional space, they'll say, all right, at 7 p.m. on July the 10th, I am going to shut off all the lights in my room. I'm going to lock the door. I'm going to put on some lo-fi music. Um, and I am going to only think about the emotion of sadness. Alright, I'm going to lock my door, I'm going to be by myself, I'm going to have all the lights on, and I'm going to put on some upbeat pop music. I'm going to only think about, you know, the emotion of happiness and how I lack it. Maybe not the best example of that, but, you know, um, because that's not really a dark emotional space to think about happiness maybe it is maybe maybe happiness is just something that's very dark for you i don't know if it is oh my god i'm gonna pray for you uh, but anyway yeah i don't know I don't, I, yeah <laughs> all for this week's episode of Enneagram Star, Enneagram Star Podcast. But not only that, that's really kind of it for the season. Um, with the exception of the recap episode next week, I mean, we've talked about all the triads. Um, we've done an in-depth view of the triads as a whole. We've split up every, all the nine types and look at those individually for an entire episode. Um, we've went through all nine types of the Enneagram already in one season 15 episodes after next week um, so it's been great again don't miss next week as it is the very last episode because that's the recap episode and in that episode I am going to talk about some statistics about the show you know how many listeners we had, you know, talk about goals we had. Uh, I don't know if you've seen my social media post at the back in March, but in March I posted, you know, some goals I had for this first season. And so we're going to see if we met those goals, how, if we fell short of those, uh, whatnot. Um, going to 
recap all the types in like a minute. Um, I like that that's going to be happening because I can not talk that short. But I'm going to try to recap all the... Okay, so in nine minutes, a minute for each type, I'm going to try to recap all the <laughs> Instagram types in that episode. Um, and also, I'm just going to I'm gonna play back um, some of the clips from... Uh, an interview I did with one of my friends here on campus, Cameron Salazar. Um, he was a type two. And so I want to play back some of the best moments of that episode. Um, so you don't want to miss um, next week. Um, not really going to be informative, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And it's going to be the very last episode of season one. So don't miss it. Um, I encourage you to listen to it as soon as it drops next Thursday at noon. 12 p.m. Central Time. Um, it's going to be great. And before we go, as always, I want you to remember this. That the Enneagram doesn't define you. But it does bring restoration. It helps reshape your thinking and habits. 